0: If we don't have clear expectations, then we don't have a clear way to judge if we are doing a good job or not. And the same thing goes for team members. The same thing goes for people that you're in a relationship with. This applies to everything. This is a life thing. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, business mentor, social media and sales expert, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to build the lives and businesses of their dreams. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life you love right now. We are also talking all things entrepreneurship and personal development, including wellness, social media, confidence, sales, business strategy, mindset, wealth building, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Before we continue, I have to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Online Coach Empire Mastermind, which is my six-month transformative, high-touch group program for established online coaches who are craving new levels of impact, income, and ease in their businesses. So if you have an established online coaching business and you are ready to scale it into a six-figure empire this is for you. I will put the link to the application in the episode description, but just know, that I created this program because it's exactly what I wish would have existed a few years ago. Once upon a time, I was feeling very overwhelmed and burned out from doing all the things in my business, yet I still desired more. I wanted more impact, more income, more freedom. I knew what I wanted, but I honestly had no idea how to make it happen without just working 24/7. because honestly, I felt like I was already putting in work Just maintain. And I had no idea how I could keep growing my business without cloning myself. So I faced my fears. I invested in my very first mastermind and the game was changed. I discovered the power of combining community and mentorship and never looked back. At this point, I've invested over $125,000 into masterminds alone. And they have been the leverage point that has allowed me to double my business year over year for several years running, and now I've taken the very best aspects of each mastermind I've experienced and created the ultimate group coaching container for ambitious online coaches who are craving the next level. We have the high-level strategy. We have the close-knit community. We have the industry-leading guest experts. We have plenty of coaching access. We have everything you need to scale. It is all here for the taking, so click the link in the episode description to apply or go to bit.ly. Slash online coach empire to see what this program is all about. I would love to see you inside if you're an established online coach. This is going to be the perfect next step if you are an established online coach who is ready to scale your business into that six figure empire. And I cannot wait to see who fills our remaining spots. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I am Very excited for this episode because it is exactly what I needed a few years ago. This episode is about productivity, and it's been a journey for me, if I'm being honest. It has not always been a strong suit of mine. It's still something that I'm constantly working on, but if I can improve my productivity and find things that work for me, I promise you that you can do it too. My struggle with productivity happened when I left college and immediately went full-time into being an entrepreneur, which I went from being first a collegiate athlete and then a competitive nationally ranked bodybuilder and going to school full-time and doing fitness coaching part-time. So my life was so structured, so regimented. I had really clear deadlines and like assignments and Action steps to be taking from my coaches, my professors, things like that. And once I left college, I immediately went all in in my business and went full time with coaching and working with brands and building my business. And it was rough because I went from all the structure to none of the structure, and productivity was. I had to relearn productivity. It was no longer super structured. It was not obvious what I needed to be doing, what was worth my time. And so I it I struggled. It was pretty hard. But the good news is I can pass on all the knowledge that I have gained, all the practices that I have tried, all of the hacks that I have found to be really, really useful. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. So, if you feel like you are either struggling to show up and put in work, or you feel like you're putting in work with nothing to show for it, this episode is gonna be a game changer for you. And I'm gonna cover three main productivity hacks that have changed my life. This will be most applicable probably for people who are self employed or at least work at home and have quite a bit of autonomy. But, it will still be really helpful for anyone, really, whether you work a corporate job, whether you're a student, whatever the case may be. I'm sure you will still find it pretty valuable. But of course, everything is through the lens of my experience as an entrepreneur, as a business coach, as someone that has an online business, works from home every single day, and doesn't have a ton of structure in their life. The structure that I have in my life is the structure that I create. So, keep that in mind. Anyway, three productivity hacks that have changed my life. Let's get into it. The first hack, if you follow me on Instagram, you know this one is coming, but I couldn't not include it because I think it's one of the most important things, and that is time batching. People on Instagram, if you watch my stories, you know, you know that I swear by time batching and what it is is basically batching similar tasks together to help optimize productivity versus just having a to-do list of random stuff every day that is totally unrelated and just checking off one thing here, one thing here, one thing here. When you batch your tasks and you batch your time, your brain has to basically switch tabs less frequently and therefore you are less distracted. The formal term for that is context switching, which is basically going from one type of task to another unrelated task, and studies show that you need like up to 15 minutes of uninterrupted work in order to reach a flow state. And by the way, I'm going to explain to you how I implement time batching in a minute, but just you need to understand why this is so important first. Studies are showing that you need like 15 plus minutes of uninterrupted work in order to reach a flow state. And that it can take up to 25 minutes to get back to being focused after you switch tasks or context switch. So If you put those two things together, it's very, very clear that if you are consistently bouncing between different tasks and doing one thing here, one thing there, you're gonna feel busy, but you won't necessarily be productive. You won't necessarily be doing deep work, important work, and you definitely won't be functioning at your best, at least in the sense of how your brain is functioning. You won't be fully focused. You won't be in your creative flow. And this is especially important, being able to get into flow state and being able to do deep work is especially important if you're doing like creative work or high level planning and strategy stuff. So for me, that would be like content creation, mapping out new offers, high level planning for like our launches or our funnels or our systems or things like that, where I really need to be in it for a significant amount of time to really get stuff done. So That means that you should always be batching your similar tasks together to minimize the context switching and maximize the amount of time that you can spend in a focused flow state. And flow state, if you've never experienced it or if you've never heard that term, is basically when you get into that state where time is just passing. You are so immersed in the work that you're doing or the thing that you're focused on That time goes by without you even realizing it. You look up and it's been an hour and you didn't even realize it. So, flow state feels like you're just totally in the zone and you kind of have your blinders on with whatever work you're doing. We want to optimize the amount of time we can spend in flow state because it's the most productive. And the days that I get into flow state are the days where I can get like, eight hours of work done in four hours. And then I give myself the rest of the day off. It's the best thing ever. So how you can implement this and how you can minimize your context switching is by batching your work by either like half day, full days, or even weeks or months, depending on how much you have your shit together and how much you can plan ahead. So that would mean that you are dedicating this half day or this whole day to a specific type of task and you're not really focusing on anything else that day. Of course, this requires a level of planning and a level of working ahead that you might have to work up to, but I promise you it's so worth it. And I want to give you a concrete example of what this looks like in my business just so you can envision what it could be like for you. So my example would be for me, Monday is for planning and projects and team meetings. So kind of CEO and like operations type stuff. Tuesday is an overflow day for calls and group coaching sessions and meetings. So I spend a lot of my Tuesdays talking Teaching, interviewing people. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of being on Zoom. Wednesday is for deep work on like curriculum development, building sales pages, outlining funnels, things like that. Really deep, strategic type work. Thursday is for coaching calls. So I pretty much spend every Thursday, all day, usually it's about six hours on Zoom working through client after client after client and doing coaching calls then. And then my Fridays are quite light. After my big coaching call days, I'm an introvert, so they take quite a bit out of me. I love them, love them, love them. But Friday, I let myself sleep in, have a little extra time to recharge. And then that's my creative work day, which is my favorite. And that's what I spend time on writing content, editing and arranging photos, recording reels, writing and recording podcasts like this one. So that's kind of how my week flows. Again, it's like Monday is operations and planning. Tuesday is for calls, group coaching meetings. Wednesday is for deep work and building stuff. Thursday is for building and strategizing, I guess. Thursday is for private coaching calls, and Friday is for creative work. So that's how I arrange my calendar. And of course, among those days, I'm still touching base with my clients, minimum like morning and evening, and talking with my team. But I block out specific time of day for those things, and those have Blocks on my calendar that are recurring every single day, so that I have time for them, but I'm not consistently pinging between Slack and then back to my work, and then Voxer and then back to my work, and then wherever else people are contacting me and back to my work. I try to really like set aside time to check them in the morning, set aside time to check them in the evening, and then I usually check them maybe during my lunch break as well. So I dedicate specific time for that stuff. I understand if you are in like a corporate setting or you know, you're know you part of a team, but you're not the boss, you may have to be more on call to people who are superior to you. I totally get that but if you have that level of autonomy, it's very, very helpful. And even if you do have you know, people that you have to answer to, maybe instead of having your email notifications all the time, you set aside five, 10 minutes at the top of every hour to check Versus just letting these notifications constantly pull your focus away. Personally, I have all of my notifications off. My phone is always on do not disturb. My computer is always on do not disturb. I have like the one setting on my phone where if like one of my favorites people contact me or call me, then it rings. But other than that, like I am unreachable (laughs) and that helps so much with focus work. My Instagram notifications are off. Everything is off because once i get into my creative flow i don't want anything to interrupt that and it's not even your creative flow it could be your strategic flow it could be your math flow it could be your coaching flow whatever you need to accomplish that day or that half day really optimize that and if you are maybe doing um you're working on your business as a side hustle then you could batch by like half day or two-hour sprints, which I'll talk about in a second. And then again, if you really have your shit together, you could batch weeks or months, depending on how far in advance you plan things. Personally, the way that I do that is I batch what I'm creating. So I'll only create like Instagram content for one week. And then the next week, I'm only doing podcast content. And then the next week, I'm only doing email content or things like that. I will batch weekly in that sense, but I really like my current situation where each day is a little bit different because that's something that I really enjoy about my work. So you can batch as hardcore as you want, but I could not recommend it enough. Not only is it just really helpful to know what you're supposed to be focusing on each day, But like scientifically, it's also going to optimize your time and there's always more work to be done. There's always so much that we want to do, but not enough hours in the day. So if you are constantly multitasking or context switching, which is basically, again, switching tasks, you are wasting time. Multitasking is the biggest trap the biggest scam of life multitasking is not really a thing some studies have shown that like two percent of the population can actually really multitask and odds are you are not that person so (laughs) don't assume that you are multitasking is basically doing two things badly at the same time and it's a waste so do one thing at a time do it really well and ideally batch your similar tasks together to really optimize productivity bonus tip kind of piggybacking off of time batching is work sprints. And these work really well together because again, time batching is all about grouping together similar tasks. And then you can take that a step farther and do all of those similar tasks within a work sprint. And a work sprint is basically setting aside a period of time where you are only focused on that one specific thing for a set amount of time with zero distractions, zero exceptions. There are a few options for how to execute it. I really love using a timer cube. You can literally search timer cube on Amazon and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's basically a fancy little timer that you can just flip over. And mine has like five, 15, 30, and 60 minute increments. You can flip it onto the time that you want and it will be a timer for you. Love a good timer cube. I can, for example, say, okay, I'm going to write copy for this Email sequence for the next 60 minutes and only do that. And that helps me focus. That helps me look forward to what I'm going to be done. Like, I'm not going to check Instagram until it's over, but as soon as it's over, I get to check Instagram. So I have that to look forward to. And I only need to focus on 60 minutes. It's also like that life hack of you're like, oh, I'm going to clean my kitchen for 10 minutes. I'm going to set a timer and see how far I can get. And like, you work so much faster (laughs) because you have. I don't know, maybe you're not competitive against yourself like I am. But for me, I'm like, let's see how much I can get done in 10 minutes. Same thing with the timer cube. Another option for work sprints would be like the Pomodoro method, which is 25 minutes on, five minutes off, 25 minutes on, five minutes off. I think it's four rounds of that. And then you get a longer 10 minute break. So basically have really focused work periods and also work in and plan in your rest periods. For me, I like to get up, take a lap around my house, refill my water, pet my dogs. I try not to check Instagram when I have my breaks, but like I'm only human, right? So (laughs) timer cube and Pomodoro method, a really easy way to implement that is there is a website called Tomato Timer. So if you just search Tomato Timer in your search bar, you will find it. Another option recommendation would be using the Forest app, which basically locks you out of social media and the apps that are distracting you on your phone. And basically, you plant a little tree. And if you can stay off of your phone for that duration of time, the tree lives. If you go log into other apps, the tree dies. And it's really sad. So it's good motivation to stay focused. So those are three kind of resources to help you implement both the work sprints and then also time batching because again the whole point of time batching is that you're getting into a flow state and you're staying focused on similar tasks so that kind of defeats the purpose if you're constantly like checking Instagram or getting distracted with other things. So, time batching productivity hack number 1 that has changed my life cannot recommend it enough. I am constantly preaching to my clients <laughs> the importance of time batching. The next hack that has changed my life is brain dumping and prioritizing. I was the type of person before that would always think, oh, I'll remember that. Oh, I'll remember that. Oh, I have to remember to do this. I can't forget to do that. And it would all just live inside of my head. And then I would wonder why I was always so anxious, so overwhelmed, so worried that I was going to get everything done on time because it was all just living in my head. And it felt like this tangled Jumble of things that I needed to remember. And of course, things would slip through the cracks. Some things I would remember, some things I wouldn't remember. And it was, it's not a good time, especially if you don't have a lot of structure. (laughs) It's so easy to just like let everything kind of be free range in your brain and it's not helpful. So, brain dumping is an amazing practice to get in the habit of. And basically all brain dumping is, it's it's self-explanatory, is dumping the contents of your brain Onto a piece of paper, onto a Google Doc, onto a checklist, whatever you need, whatever makes the most sense for you. For me, it kind of depends on what's going on up there. If it's just a bunch of tasks, I will dump them onto a checklist. If it's like things that I'm worried about and things that I just need to process, then I will physically journal on them. Or if it's, you know, a bunch of ideas for my business or content to create, I'll open up a Google Doc, which by the way, Andrew gave me the best hack for opening a new Google doc. You do not need to go into your Google docs, like home base or your Google drive. All you have to do if you use Google Chrome is type docs new into your like bar of Google Chrome and it will automatically open a new document. That man teaches me something new every day. <laughs> and I don't know if you use Google Chrome and you didn't know that. I just feel like I couldn't not tell you. It's so helpful. <laughs> so I will brain dump into just a fresh Google Doc if it's just like a bunch of ideas or things to come back to, especially if it's like my business or content or things I need to tell my team. I also have been known to brain dump onto my integrator, my right-hand woman in my business, Brooke. I will be like, hi, here's a brain dump. Here are all the things that I want us to work on and give her like 10 ideas (laughs) and she will help me organize them and execute them and integrate my visions. So brain dumping is the first step. But getting stuff out on paper or your Google Doc or checklist is only part one. I mean, that in itself will provide relief. That will definitely help you clear your head, not feel so muddled up there and help you really get clear on like what's even weighing on you. And also just decrease stress. There's Once something is written down, you don't have to hold it up there anymore. But the next thing is once you get stuff dumped onto whatever you can then prioritize what actually needs to be taken action on. Some of the stuff that you're holding in your brain is just like dumb things where – If it doesn't get done, there's not really going to be a consequence. Like it would be nice, but it doesn't need to be a priority. And once you get everything down, you can actually look at it with an objective bird's eye view and be like, "Oh, this is super important. This is kind of important. This is not important at all." And then you can prioritize them accordingly. So what I like to do, if it's business related specifically, is once I brain dump a bunch of stuff that needs to happen, is I literally rank it. By priority, like this needs to happen and moves the needle in my business. This, it would be nice if it happened and it could move the needle. And this would be like a take it or leave it thing. This is optional. Okay. And then anything that's like this needs to happen, that gets put on the top of my priority list, the top of my to-do list. And I don't let myself stress about anything lower on the list until that stuff gets done first. That is the stuff that I'm adding to my calendar first. That is the stuff that I'm sending to my team first. And I wouldn't really be able to pick out like, oh, these three things are the absolutely most important things until I got it all on paper. Okay. So I really encourage you to get everything out so that you can prioritize and be honest with yourself. We always have a lot of balls in the air. We're juggling a lot of things, but some balls are rubber and some balls are glass. Like some balls, you absolutely cannot drop them. They are so important and so crucial. Other balls, is like, mm, it would be nice if we could keep this in the air, but also it's not going to be the end of the world if we don't. Like, no one's really going to notice or there won't really be any consequences. So get everything out on paper. You can also, if you have a therapist, you can brain dump on them too. That is amazing. Um, And if you have a coach, a lot of my clients brain dump onto me and they're like here are all the things I'm thinking about in my business here are all the ways that I want to change this product or here are all the things that I'm thinking about launching or here are all of the factors going into my next hire and I help them distill all of their ideas and all of their thoughts into a strategic action plan so brain dump onto someone or something and thank me later you will be so much more productive because you're actually able to prioritize the things that really matter And you will feel less scatterbrained because you've gotten everything out of your brain and onto paper or a document. And remember, when I say you will be so much more productive, productive is different than busy. Busy is like you're doing a lot of things. Productive is that you are moving the needle, like you are actually moving the ball closer to the end zone. (laughs) Forgot terminology for a second. So Busy and productive are not the same thing. If you finish your day feeling like, oh my God, I I just did so much stuff, but I have no idea what I actually accomplished, you're being busy. If you finish the day feeling like, oh my gosh, I accomplished so much and I moved the needle on these things specifically, you were productive. Okay? So brain dumping will help you cut out the busy work, cut out the stuff that just is like, no, I could do this and I should do this and so-and-so wants me to do this. And lets you focus on the stuff that really matters. Hack number three that has changed my life is related. These are all related because, hello, they are all productivity principles, but really setting expectations and due dates on a very consistent basis versus just giving yourself this giant ass running to-do list. A giant running to-do list is the bane of my existence. I look at it and I just want to go take a nap <laughs> because it's so much stuff and it's very overwhelming. Like, how will I possibly accomplish all of this? Especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know the to-do list never ends. There's always more things to do. There's always more stuff to work on. There's always more people to talk to. There's always more things to make. So a giant running to-do list that's just like, oh, get as much of this done every day as possible is not it. That is not it. So I highly, highly recommend that you set clear expectations for yourself and clear due dates on a very regular basis. For me, I like weekly. And the setting expectations part is not, I mean, it is about productivity, but it also helps you frame your relationship with productivity. I've had quite a few clients lately say something like, I get to the end of the week and I just feel dissatisfied. I just feel kind of meh about everything that I've done. I just I have anxiety that I didn't do enough and I'm like, "Well, how are you defining enough? Like how are you even setting these expectations for yourself? How do you even know if you like did a good job?" And they were kind of doing the running to-do list thing. <laughs> they were like, "Um, I guess just like I know I did enough if I like work really long hours and I'm dead by the end of the week, but otherwise I don't really know." And That is, again, that is not it. <laughs> if we don't have clear expectations, then we don't have a clear way to judge if we are doing a good job or not. And The same thing goes for team members. The same thing goes for people that you're in a relationship with. This applies to everything. This is a life thing, but you also have to set expectations for yourself. I know that my audience is really largely made up of like high achievers, like Enneagram 3s, Enneagram 8s, (laughs) Enneagram 1s. And we like to have benchmark. We like to have something to strive toward. We like to be able to check a box and say, I did a good job. So you need to set expectations. What I recommend is prioritizing your top three, your big three focuses on either a daily or weekly basis, whether if you're full time in your business or whatever you're applying this to, you can probably have a top three daily. If your business is a side hustle or you're applying this to something that is a hobby for you, you can probably do a top three weekly. Okay. But if you are full time in your business, like I am pick three things to focus on every day. And the idea is, okay, as long as I get this, this, and this done today, I have moved the needle and I know that I've done my part. And this will force you to get really clear on what is actually important and also know And be able to rest easy that you have done your part for that day and you can feel confident that you're on the right track. You're doing what you need to be doing. So that helps your relationship with productivity. And of course, it also helps you be productive because you're not getting distracted by a bunch of busy work. You are doing the stuff that really matters. So prioritize your top three and then break it down into deadlines. Break it down into deliverables and put those things on your project management platform if you use one or the bare minimum. Put it on your calendar. Personally, for me and my team, we use ClickUp. It is the holy grail of project and task management. It is the central hub of my business. I'm obsessed with it. But you could also use Asana it Is the probably the other most popular project and task management software. Or if you're not an entrepreneur and like you never see yourself having a team, you really just need an organized kind of more advanced to-do list. To-do-ist is a good option as well. But I definitely recommend if you're an entrepreneur, ClickUp is really the future. So putting everything in ClickUp with deadlines with any notes that you need with subtasks. That's very, very helpful. And then put it actually on your calendar and figure out when am I going to have time to do this thing versus just thinking, okay, this is my list of 10 things that I need to get done this week. And I'm just going to fit them in where they fit in. And you don't really know. That gives me like anxiety. Whenever I have the Sunday scaries and I'm going into the week, I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, we have to do all this stuff this week. We have to finalize this and I have to hire this person when we have to train this person and I have to have this conversation and I have to make this and plan this. Like I just am thinking about all of the big tasks that have to happen. and If I don't know how they're all going to actually happen, that's when I have the Sunday scaries. But I like to sit down on either like Friday at the end of the week and plan for the next week or if that doesn't happen, because sometimes I'm just like, meh, I don't need to. And then I'll do it on Sunday because I'm having the Sunday scaries and I'll go into my calendar. My Google calendar is what I live and die by. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist in my life. And of course, you know me, my Google calendar is coordinated with all of my brand colors and everything. But I plan my calendar and I literally block out the time of when I'm gonna work on the stuff that are like my action items for the week and that I cannot tell you number one how much that helps with productivity but number two how much anxiety it relieves for me because I can see visually and on paper more or less how all of the things are going to get done and I can see oh this is actually possible for me to execute on all of this when, when I was just swimming around in my head or when it's just on a list, it looks like so much, or it looks like it's going to be impossible to do it all. Maybe when you get it on your calendar, it is actually not realistic to do it all. And then you have the chance to reprioritize and manage your expectations versus getting to the end of the week and being like, Oh, look at all the stuff I didn't get done. I suck. (laughs) When in reality, that was just like an unreasonable expectation from the beginning. So long story short, plan your calendar. I recommend Google Calendar because it will go with you in your phone. It will be on your calendar and it integrates with so many other things like Zoom and stuff like that. But if you're a paper calendar type of gal, that can work as well. I just, if you're going to plan on paper, also maybe transfer onto a Google Calendar. That just makes everyone's life easier, especially if you're an, an entrepreneur and have an online business. If your business is happening online do other things online. So plan your calendar. That will help immensely with productivity. And again, plan your calendar based on your priorities to make sure that you are being productive, not busy. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend starting to do your project and task management on some sort of platform like ClickUp, freaking love ClickUp, or Asana or Or if you're not an entrepreneur or if you don't have a team and you never see yourself having one and you need something simpler, I like to do which is to-do-ist, like to-do list without the L. So those are the three main productivity hacks that have changed my life. Again, it is time batching. And underneath that, we talked about work sprints. Number two, brain dumping. And number three, setting expectations and due dates on a weekly basis and getting stuff on the calendar. So those are the three main ones. But this topic is very near and dear to my heart. So I've added a bonus tip. I wasn't planning on making a fourth hack, but this is just we can call it a bonus hack and more or less just a ramble do what works for you and do what works for your natural rhythm. I cannot tell you how bad it was for my productivity to try to do an 87-step morning routine that everyone else was swearing by. This was like maybe three years ago when like morning routines, like biohacking and all that stuff was a huge, huge deal. Like it was crazy. And so I was listening to all of the people, all of the entrepreneurs who were really successful and they had this like – miracle morning routine or they had this like eighty seven step morning routine that they swore got them into a flow state or helped them be super energized for the day. And I found that I would have needed to wake up so early to do that morning routine and still get to work at a decent time or If I didn't get up early, my morning routine would take so long that I would be anxious to start work because I would feel behind by the time I sat at my desk and then I would be in a frenzy and then I would be like, screw my calendar. I just need to like catch up, right? So screw what everyone else does (laughs) that doesn't work for you. Having a really lengthy elaborate morning routine is something that does not work for me, something that does work for me that a lot of people don't talk about because it's not what is correct or it's not what is scientifically optimal in the eyes of like the general public is I usually let myself sleep until eight ish o'clock. A lot of mornings I don't even set an alarm. I will start work around 9 30 or 10. I will take a nice lunch break and then I might some days I go to the barn in the afternoon some days I don't and then I will usually work a bit later in the evening. So sometimes I'll even like eat dinner and then spend another hour after that wrapping up work. So I spend anywhere from like four to eight hours a day working, sometimes less, sometimes a little bit more. But I don't follow necessarily what other people think is best for productivity. I've found that I do a lot of my best work in the evening. I've found that waking up early, I just despise. (laughs) And I found that 87-step morning routines just make me anxious and feel like a waste of time and actually didn't help my productivity. So my morning routine now is I wake up, I wash my face, I get dressed, I eat breakfast. While I eat breakfast, I do my morning journaling. I look at my calendar. Once I'm done with that, I'll check my Voxer and my Slack for my clients and my team And then I get into work for the day. Oh, and I walk my dogs. So that is not like a huge morning routine and it's pretty chill. I don't wake up early. I also don't have a super, super hard cutoff time for work at the end of the day because, like I said, evening is when I feel oftentimes most productive. Maybe that's because there's an urgency to get stuff done. Maybe I just thrive in the evening. Who could tell you? But I'm recording this podcast at like 6 15 PM right now and I'm loving it. I'm gonna go cook dinner after this, and then I still have a little bit of work to wrap up, but this is how I like it. So I just want to also encourage you, do what works for you and work with your natural rhythm. Don't try to fit yourself into someone else's box of like, this is what works best for my schedule. And also do put stuff on your calendar, do plan out your day, do your due diligence to map stuff out but don't be so tied to the plan that you made that if something happens like you throw the whole thing away your plan and your google calendar or whatever you're using is just a guideline probably never <laughs> does mine ever go exactly according to plan sometimes things take longer sometimes something comes up that i have to a fire i have to put out or my dog Does something stupid or whatever, stuff happens. And so you almost will never execute exactly according to what's on your calendar. But having stuff down and doing your best is so much better than just trying to fly by the seat of your pants and not knowing whether everything's going to fit or not fit, or what's reasonable or what's not reasonable, or when you can do stuff. So put stuff on your calendar, make priorities, be productive, not busy, but also done is better than perfect, and never expect everything to go according to plan because it probably won't, but do still plan. So Those are my productivity hacks that have changed my life plus bonus little ramble about doing what works for you. I hope this was helpful. I swear if I can improve my productivity you can improve yours. And if you loved this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, tag me on your Instagram story. Let me know what you loved about it so that I can do more of that. And until next time, grind and be grateful, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with me today. I hope you loved this episode. And if you did, please take a moment to share it with someone or pop the screenshot up on your Instagram story and tag me. I especially love when you guys share a little on why you enjoyed the episode so that I can keep making more content that you want to hear. Last but not least, don't forget to hit subscribe and I will see you again next week. Until then, grind and be grateful, my friend.